When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Real happy to see you, man. Man, I, I appreciate you inviting me into your space. No doubt, bro, no doubt. It's been, last time we saw each other was June. Was it June? It was June, bro. I felt like it was like August, though. Oh, no, it was June. And that just goes to show the, the like, sense of time. It just, mm. the time is flying. Facts. Because I, I definitely felt like it was August. Man, your month's flying by, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your month's flying by. How you make your months go so fast? I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily know that's a good thing. I might need to slow down a little bit. You moving, bro. You moving. So, um, everybody, this is Dewan Mutanga. And um, he is uh, he's somebody that I consider a friend. Um, I only met you one time before today. And it's like, we met, we clicked. Mm-hmm. And like we just been following each other, keeping up with each other on the ground. That might be why it feels like just uh, August yeah. too, because it's like you get to see that person every day. Yeah, yeah, you get to see that person, and so um, man, I learn. I'm able to pick up and learn a lot from people just by spending a few minutes with them, man. And I learned so much from you um, when we were shooting, you know, for the disc yeah. thing, and um, I took the disc assessment and like. It was like you knew me instantly. I was like, dang, all my secrets out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like that sometimes. It's a, it's a very telling, right? A very intimate sort of experience. If, it depends on how you approach it, right? If you take anything surface level, but I realized the, the, the impact that something like this can have on a person's life if you really take the time to make the dots connect, right? If you, if the conversation and the dialogue is meaningful, then the experience the person walks away from uh, with it is gonna be just as meaningful. So I'm, I'm grateful and it, it brings me joy to hear that you took that from, you know, that conversation that we had. For sure, man. I'll tell you something else I took away from it. And it's actually kind of like a question that I wonder about. It's like after I took the disc assessment, I started trying to like look at everybody in that way. But I feel like I went on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like you talked about meaningful conversation and it was like, I'm just listening to people to figure out, you know, how they click. Like, and I'm asking questions just to figure out if I can guess what their disc is. But, like, was it like that for you? How'd you get into it? Yeah, so for me, it was interesting. So, a little, little uh, backstory. So, I actually got into coaching in 2014, right? I went through some training. I went through the training first and then trained on the opposite end. So it was really interesting to experience it firsthand because 
if I've not done it before, then I don't know what the person sitting in the seat across from me is experiencing. So I went through the experience first and then started training. And then from there, um, I went through training, I would say for probably about a year, maybe, maybe a year or two. And I actually got my first like one-on-one -on -one client because these were group settings that I was doing trainings in. I got my first one-on-one -on -one client, I want to say 2016. And I've been coaching since. Now, uh, as it relates to um, DISC, right, that started in 2017. Um, you know, uh, God rest the dead, Chris Daniels, um, he did my DISC assessment with me. Now, I had heard of it before, but not really did anything with it. But Chris did my assessment with me. And... Uh, me, I'm a, I'm a 99D and Chris was a D. And so it was so interesting to have somebody who mirrored my actual style. Like I saw myself, I felt myself. And it was almost like your more mature self speaking to you in this moment about what you needed to do to evolve. And from there, you know, that was 2017 and I studied my assessment. I studied myself every day for two years before I ever worked with anybody around the assessment so people look and they're like yo man how do you see that stuff and how do you just know and how do you just how does this stuff make sense to you like that and the only thing i can say is just i took the time to learn myself to study myself right through this instrument and in doing so i learned about other people i began to ask questions like why do i do this like, where did this come from? Or why do I behave this way? And so when I'm working with a client, it allows me to see them through the assessment in the same way. And with anything, it's repetition. So the more that you do it, it's pattern recognition. So I can just look at a person's assessment now, and I got it. So you're saying that because you took the assessment, mm -hmm. you trained in the assessment, mm -hmm. and then you got to know yourself, mm -hmm through the lens of the assessment. Because of that, without experiencing what other people have experienced, you could look at their assessment and read their mail. Right. Like I can, like I don't, so here's the thing, the assessment is objective data. So uh. we can't argue the data because the data is scientifically proven, right? Uh. It's just, this is data and right. you input the data. So I didn't give it to you, you put it there. <laughs> so I can tell you the conclusion of the story, but you have to tell me the inception. You have to tell me, okay, where did this come from? I can tell you, I know that you're very structured, but when was the first time that you felt like you needed to be structured? Why did you feel like you needed to be structured? And you have to fill in the gap of your lived experience. Gotcha. The lived experience then ties to the data. And now, now you know. Now I know everything makes sense. So it's just a matter of asking questions. And in the process of me studying myself, I had to ask questions and dig and debunk. And, well, where did you get this from? Well, why did you take this? Or when was the first time you felt like you needed to protect yourself or do this? All of that was revealed to me through me asking questions because of the assessment. And so one of my, my favorite you know, just sort of concepts is to remain in the question. Just keep asking, but where does this come from? Okay, well, where did that come from? And why did you think this, or how did you connect this to this? And from there, you learn by a sense of self-discovery. And so that's a muscle that you develop. So now when I coach people, I can coach from a very true, authentic space because I found that place in myself. So I know how to guide somebody there. You know, I can teach somebody how to fish because I learned how to fish. Right. Yeah. Whoa, that's deep, bro. Hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> I, bro, stuff can, stuff can go over my head sometimes. So, you essentially are saying that, like, as a coach, like, you've had to, at, you've had to ask yourself certain questions. How do you know what question to ask 
Like, how did you get into, were you always like a self-reflective person? Because, you know, I can imagine even for myself, like there's, there's answers to certain questions about when something started or when was the first time. I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I think I've always been, I think I've always been introverted. I've always been introspective. I've always been a reflective person. Like, I have to have time to reflect and process on my day. Mm. And it's, <laughs> it's actually funny. It's like a running joke. Like, uh, Nikki, a mutual friend of ours, Nikki says if processing was a person, it would be me. Like, mm. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always, like, even in real time, and I don't even know how to explain it, but when I'm speaking to a person, I'm literally responding to how they are moving and adjusting in real time. Even mm -hmm. when I speak, I speak sort of with like a delayed cadence, not because I'm trying to do that, but I'm literally pulling and processing everything in real time. And I just, I've, I've, I've always sort of attuned myself to the person that I'm communicating with. So one of the questions when I went through my training, right, and this was the style of coaching was like transformational coaching and transformational coaching through discovery. Right. And one of the questions that I learned through that process, I learned to ask myself in that process is, what are you pretending not to know? Mm. Like we so often go to, oh, no, I don't know. Or where did that come? Oh, I don't know. That's not true. Anybody that says they don't know, they haven't taken the time to be still, to be present, to be grounded in themselves, to find the answer because all the answers are in here. A lot of times we're being sped up by the world, we're being distracted, and it gets us away from ourselves. But if we take time to be still, to be present, and just ask questions, the answers are there. So what are you pretending not to know? And then from there, you just start asking the questions. Well, why don't I trust people so easily? Hmm. When was the first time I felt like I needed to guard myself or protect myself? And then you start to go back in your lived experience and go, ah, well, this thing happened. And I didn't really understand then, but it's showing itself all these years later. And we, when we do that in enough areas of our lives, it starts to create a, a picture, a more comprehensive picture about who we are and why we behave the way that we behave. Dang, like... <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that now. Like as you're telling me, I'm yeah. just like following the process. Do you have that written down anywhere? Like, like that is, that's a very descriptive way of doing that. And it seems like it comes so naturally to you. Mm. But for a lot of people, who do you, have you, I'm sure you've worked with people mm -hmm. who don't have as much practice as you do doing it. Like it was almost, it's, it seems like, like naturally, like you're, you're a processor, right? You're a natural processor. So, um, I just can't wrap my head around like But I think it things. goes back to those initial conversations that we had where we talk about even in the assessments, there's personality types that people are wired a very particular way. Right, right. And I think that when I look back on my life, yeah, I was wired this way. Like the thing that I'm doing right now, yeah. I was built to do this. Right. So it's effortless to me. Right. I remember going through the process of getting certified. And the person facilitating was talking to me about this concept called triple mastery, mm -hmm. right? And so in this particular part of the assessment, right, it's, it's, it's founded on the study of axiology, which is how the brain processes information, how the brain processes the in, its internal world and the external world. Basically, in what order do you process information? 
And when the facilitator was was telling it to me, like, I found myself getting really, really, like, emotional. Like, I had, like, like water. Like, the tear wouldn't drop, but I had water, like, bulging out of my eye. And I'm like, this was the first time somebody gave me language to describe something that I felt my whole life but didn't know how to articulate. Wow. Right? When I was younger, I meant I had a speech impediment. Right. I was processing so much information. I remember my mom took me to see this like specialist and they had me like playing the piano and somebody was talking to me and it, they were like showing me like ink blotches and then somebody was talking to me and I, maybe like five. And uh, I remember when we were leaving, the person was like, nothing is wrong with him. He's just processing his environment much faster than he's able to physically articulate. And so growing up, like I was, I, it wasn't, it couldn't, it wasn't even a stutter sometimes. Sometimes I literally would freeze. Like I couldn't get the words out, but my brain was active. What I learned getting certified, you know, uh, studying behavior, human behavior was my brain, my brain is processing people like the environment, like what's going on down the line and what's happening right now all at the same time. Whereas most people, their brain is processing one thing first and then it triggers into others. I'm picking up the people in the environment, what's happening right now, and then the implications of the actions of right now all at the same time. Mm. So my brain is soaking up information, is soaking up stimuli. And I thought it was a curse, like like my cousins would make fun of me, kids were like, but it was really a blessing. So my ability to read people comes from something that is innately a part of who I am. Then you couple that with my lived experience. I'm, I grew up in the Bronx during the crack era. So it's a lot of violence, a lot of, so you had to learn how to survive outside. You survived outside by learning how to read people learning patterns, like, oh, okay, like, so these are skills that I just developed. I told you I, I learned how to play chess. A lot of success with playing chess is pattern recognition and learning how to play moves ahead, anticipating, right? All of this goes into just, it's a, it all feeds into my natural makeup. So when you look at my assessment, I'm built the way I am built my personality type, I'm built to coach people, right? I'm a 99D, which means I'm an executor, I'm very assertive. My next highest attribute is my S, my stability, my pace, my ability to support a person through the process of executing something. Mm. That's the epitome of what a coach is, to guide, to advise, to support a person. So when people ask me, like, just how do you do this? I'm like, it just... I can't really explain it, but it's just a part of who I am. But because I've asked, because I've had time to reflect and I've paused, I can give you all of these details back to when I was five years old as to why I do what I do now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's hard, bro. That's dope. That's really dope. Yo, what's goody fam? Listen, I know, I know, I'm gonna let you get back to the episode, but I wanted to take a minute to let you know about the Human Behavior Mastery course. Yes, we have a course that we put together for coaches, consultants, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs. I know you're listening to the pod and it's all of this numbers and the, the adaptive and the natural, the D, the I, the attributes. We put together a comprehensive course to walk you through exactly how to understand each one of the personality types, each one of the values, and we're going to show you exactly how to get the most out of each type, what things you need to avoid, what environments to put you in, and what pieces to put around you to be successful. So if you're looking at taking your business, your life, or your relationship to the next level, make sure you go check out the Human Behavior Mastery course. Back to the episode. How, okay, so I believe mm -hmm. that... Um, and I think you, yeah, you had an Instagram, uh, you had an Instagram reel where you were talking about, um, and get me straight if I get it wrong, mm -hmm. but what I took from it was like, we all have things that make us great, mm -hmm. and what comes with those things are blind spots. Right. 
So I, I don't like the word weakness, right? Like I, I blind spot is more natural, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, like blind spots are natural, but weaknesses are manufactured, right? And what I mean by that is with every gift that you have, you have a corresponding like blind spot, right? It's, there's the gift and the curse, there's yin and yang, there's balance. But a weakness comes from you ignoring the fact that this is a blind spot. And when you sort of continue to invest uh, energy in that, you create a weakness that doesn't have to exist, right? So if I know that I'm not detail-oriented and I continue to go like, okay, let me just keep going and going, but I don't do, I don't put anything in place to complement the fact that I'm not detail-oriented, it becomes a glaring weakness. Right. But if I go, hey, bro, listen, I know you're really good with structure. Can you help? Can you look this over for me? The blind spot that I have naturally now is complimented because I've, I've not ignored it, but I've fed it. Right. So the analogy that I always give is that of Superman, right? And if you read anything into Superman, you know that Superman is is a normal person on Krypton. And his parents sent him to Earth, right? Because the Earth's atmosphere would be better for his, but would be better for him. So Superman is only super because the Earth's sun is younger than the sun on Krypton. And the younger sun, it, the, the, the rays, it soaks up his skin and it makes it strong. And he's super fast. He gets all of his powers because it's powered by the Earth's young sun. But if you take Superman off of Earth, he's not super anymore. Whoa. Right? So in the last Superman movie, they came and on the spaceship, they like drowned out the sun. So when he went on the ship, he was like a normal person. He was bleeding. Things that you never saw Superman do. And I think that we often put ourselves in these environments where we can appear weak because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Like, oh, they're great at that, and I'm going to go try to do that. But you're operating outside of your zone of genius. So I always coach and advise people, like, what is your source? What is the thing that makes you super? But Superman is the sun. Mm. But then there's an environment that is going to be conducive to you staying super. So Superman can leave Earth's atmosphere and still be connected to the sun. But we love him as Superman because on Earth we're mere mortals. He looks, he, he looks like the best thing since sliced bread. Right, right. So that's where you get celebrated for the thing that makes you unique. So my thing is find your source and then find your Earth, whatever that is. Your earth could be a person that you partner with. Mm. Your earth could be an environment. Your, like Whatever it is, go there and stay there. And then the things that you are weak at, right? Because Superman's super, but when he's near kryptonite, he buckles. We be paying too much attention to the kryptonite <laughs> because we, we worrying about what somebody else is doing. Mm. And if That's you look at every superhero... They have a strength, but they always have a blind spot. Always. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so true. So. So. How do you? You're basically saying a weakness is being a weakness is manufactured because we choose to ignore the blind mm -hmm. spot. Yep. And us ignoring the blind spot is us either trying to build on a weakness that we think that we have and thinking that like we can overcome that ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the manufacturing the weakness part can come from ignoring it, right? Or putting too much, investing too much energy into it. So Ignoring something, my thing is if you're sick and you don't treat it, it doesn't go away. Right. It festers. It grows. Right. It gets, it gets worse. Right. At the same time, if that's all you focus on is trying to 
oh, I want to make this better. I want to, uh, you're already not good at it. Right. So right. there's the law of diminishing returns. At some point in this area, you're just not going to get too much better. Right, right, right. This is where collaboration comes into place. Mm. Right? If the Avengers were so sweet by themselves, they wouldn't have needed to be the Avengers to beat Thanos. They needed everybody. Thanks. You bring your power to the table, I bring my power to the table. Collectively, we was able to get them, but individually, he would have he smoked every single one of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. it's the same way. We have this society where we focus on what's not good about us because we're looking at somebody else versus being grateful and utilizing the gift that we was given. Right, right. Random question. Mm -hmm. Not so random. Marvel or DC? Marvel all the way. <laughs> Marvel all the way. I just, I mean, bro, it's too much. Like, I mean... Like DC got Batman and Superman. Those are super. I mean, Batman is the coolest. Yeah. Superman, he's a beast. He's he's corny, but <laughs> he'll give you some work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Marvel just got everybody, bro. X Men, the Avengers. Yeah. Like the list goes on. They got they got all of the the real characters that get busy. So, and I'm personally I'm a Hulk person. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hulk yeah. Is Hulk. Vibe. Hulk. Hulk is pretty dope. Yeah. Hulk's Hulk my is guy. Pretty, I could see him being your guy. Yeah. I, I often compare myself to to Hulk. Mm. The duality of being Bruce Banner and then the flip side being Hulk. Mm. Have when did you start like identifying with it or or seeing like a connection? It was in the process of me studying my assessment. So. When I study my assessment, right, my profile is sort of a unicorn profile, meaning like my, uh, my key areas are juxtaposed to each other. So when you look at somebody who is typically a high D, this is a very dominant personality, very assertive or aggressive, very strong. That represents the Hulk, right? Ds are great for getting stuff done, but it's not going to be the prettiest, like they come through in the clutch when it's a crisis, when you need to just bull through something and make it make it happen, right? On the flip side, completely juxtaposed to that is the S. The S is very cool, very calm, very collected. You know, you don't really see them uh, with too much emotion. They're very poised and calculated. They're process oriented, right? Mm -hmm. And so I sort of vacillate between both of those like when everything is cool i'm cool but the moment something happens you'll see me shift right into the hulk mm -hmm. and I, I i as i evaluated my lived experience i was like oh okay <laughs> i see that about myself i go from zero to a thousand i go from start to stupid in 2.2 seconds right yeah. like and it, again, it comes from an environment where you feel like you have to protect yourself because you, you'll become prey. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you, you have to assert yourself or else you become a victim. Right. And so I only want peace, but sometimes I have to get peace through war. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always, I always connected to the character of Hulk through the duality of him being this brilliant, nice person, but having to tap into this almost psychotic rage in order for him to get back to being peaceful. Because he only turned into the Hulk because somebody was taking advantage of him. Mm. And that was just something that I felt very tied to personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. I was watching, I don't know how much you watched Dave Chappelle. Yeah. But uh, I think on one of his specials, he was saying that um, his mother told him one time that sometimes he's, you got to be the lion to be the lamb you are. Yes. And like that was, that was, that resonated with me a lot because I am, bro, all I want is peace. All right. right. <laughs> all right. I want is peace. I just want to be able to do my thing. With or without people, without people preferred, but yeah. like, <laughs> without people preferred, but, um, but, um, you know, 
I'm young in like the entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. And that's when like it really hit me that like you need people. Mm -hmm. If you want to fulfill what, because you do have blind spots. So like I realized I had blind spots. I realized that I can't physically do it all. And through that, I learned like how to communicate with people. After taking the DISC assessment, I did some research on it and I'm more, I'm more, I have a different approach. Like mm -hmm. my mindset is different. I don't, I, I, I attribute everything to a person's personality. And it's like, they're gonna do what they're gonna do, like based on who they are. And, and I have to get to know a person to put them in the best position to win on my team. And, and, and some people uh, aren't a good fit mm -hmm. and it's not their fault. We just don't hoo-ha, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> we just don't hoo-ha. And, and that's very different than I used to be. Like I used to have a very, I would say for lack of a better term, combative attitude towards mm. people who I couldn't work with. Mm. And dude, that's, that's like, that's drastically changed. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that, well, it's one of the things that I definitely want people to walk away from when they take it, right? The thing that, my thing is, how can we use our difference to make a difference, mm. right? So figuring out the puzzle piece that we are together. When you realize that, and this was really, really, this was a healing part for me. Everybody's doing their best. Thanks. Even when they're doing foul, messed up stuff, they're doing their best. Right? Because here's the one truth that I've learned. It's not even people's personality. Some people don't even know why they're the way they are. What I realized is everybody is doing what they do to make themselves feel safe. And when you realize that this person is operating this way simply because they want to be safe, Instead of looking at it like this person is doing something to me or they're being annoying, you have a level of compassion yep. because of the understanding. When I understand that you're doing this because of your lived experience, because you're trying to make yourself safe, I go, oh, I get it. I can extend you compassion as opposed to being annoyed that, man, why are you, why are you talking so much? Right. That talking might be a defense mechanism. That talking may be your way of deflecting discomfort in some way. And there's really no right or wrong, it's just what is your way. And so when you're working with people, it's, a matter, it's not a right or a wrong, it's does this way work best in this situation for what we're trying to achieve? Yeah. So again, how can yeah. we use our differences to make a difference? But yeah. there's no right or wrong, there is no good or bad. As you're saying that, I remember you talking about, um, I remember you talking about like your greatest fear. Mm -hmm. And um, I want you to share that. Right. But like I, I use that to explain to other people how I operate. Yeah. Because my biggest fear is creating something that's trash and it lasts forever. <laughs> that's my fear. That's why you probably been seeing me like, looking, feeling on my pocket. Right. I want the audio to be straight. So, I've been like looking back at the camera. Like right. Because you're a high C, right? And, yeah. and, and so that, that's the like understanding. Everybody has a biggest fear and we all operate from our biggest fear. Right. You are a high C. A high C's biggest fear is criticism. Mm -hmm. That's why high C's are perfectionists. They take their time, they're meticulous, they're systematic, they're exact and precise, right? You wanna measure twice and cut once right. because your biggest fear is investing all of yourself into something only for it to be criticized or mocked or ridiculed in some way. Yeah, yeah. 
And when you understand that, I go, okay. So when you're asking a bunch of questions, I'm not like offended, like, man, like, why is he asking me so many <laughs> questions or whatever? I know, right. like, he's trying to gather information so that he can make sense of this so he can feel safe and secure. Right. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a 99D, right? So if you're a D, your biggest fear is being taken advantage of or being made to feel insignificant or being manipulated. Mm. So a D is very assertive, is very demanding, is very driving in what they do because they're trying to protect themselves from being taken advantage of. So the question I had to ask myself was, when was the first time you felt unsafe or when was the first time you felt like someone took advantage of you? Mm. And I realized like, mm. oh, this started in my childhood. Yeah. like. Yeah. Again, I said I grew up in the Bronx during the crack era. Like, my environment outside was chaotic. You understand what I'm saying? Like, even if I went before that, uh, my parents split when I was like three. I was very young. So it, that's disruptive to the home and it's very, you know, you're trying to make sense of stuff. So my father was my, my I was a daddy's boy. You know what I mean? I was a, that was like my protector. I felt unguarded, right, mm -hmm. in that situation. Some years later, one of my older brothers got killed. When my father left, he took over the protector role, but now he got killed. So now I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this world is not kind. And my brother was a teenager when he got killed, so I, oh. it was me processing, like, oh, kids can die. Wow. Oh. So now I have to. That's crazy because at that age, you don't think that. Right. <laughs> so when, when I tell people, like, I'm asserting my, I grew up in a very uh, violent, animalistic, dysfunctional environment. And when you're in the jungle, you do as they do in the jungle and you protect yourself and you assert yourself because what you don't want to do is be looked at as prey. So in order to get peace and to be left alone, you have to, what, it's like, you ever see a dog and they show teeth, they, gr uh, they growl yeah, before they, yeah, yeah. you gotta show teeth. You know what yeah. I mean? It's almost, there's this uh, thing in like, in Japanese culture, there's the warrior in the garden. Mm -hmm. This idea, right? And it says it's better to be a warrior who knows how to be peaceful than a peaceful person that doesn't know how to fight in war. Right? And so I've always taken that on and like I'm prepared for whatever, but I want to keep things chill. But when you know that about a D, when you see a D being assertive, you don't go, man, this dude is like so cut and dry and like pushing and pushing. You realize like you want to disarm me by like, you know, everything is cool, man. Just like just relax. And oh, so I go, now I'm at ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A high eye, right? Yeah. These are like the people, that, like the stars. They're always making sure everybody feels good and appreciated. They know how to work the room. Yeah, They're yeah, super yeah. social, right? They want people to feel good and appreciated because a high eye's biggest fear is being rejected. Mm. So it's like, when was the first time that you felt rejected? How did that make you feel? And so because you felt that way, you never want anybody else to feel that way. That's why there's so much into people. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. With a high S, the high S is very cool, calm, collected. They want everything to sort of just flow and be cool. And that's their approach because a high S's biggest fear is lack of stability, loss of security. So they want everything moving slow, everything chill, because when things start to move really fast, they get anxious. That's their way of combating things. So if you see somebody and they're super chill, you don't get upset like, man, you don't take anything serious. That's how right, they right. That's how they remain safe, by right. pacing things. Let's take our time. And so when you have this understanding about people, again, it allows you to deploy compassion because everybody has insecurity, everybody has flaw. So instead of looking at the person across from you, like, why are you doing that to me? You realize it doesn't have anything to do with me at all. This person just wants to be seen, 
just wants to be acknowledged, just wants to be understood, and just wants to be celebrated. Mm. That's it. And I think when you take that approach, it just relationships become better. You become better with yourself. It just makes everything, you know, like, and I can't help but to see the world that way now. That's dope. That's dope. That's powerful, man. So how, when it comes to, like, building your business right. and hiring or building a team around right. you, I know that it matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. that it matters. Can you, like, break it down a little bit? Like, <laughs> I got give you. Some roles or something, man. Yeah, no. So, like, I work with CEOs. I work with executives. And, like, I support them in either dealing with their team, if they already have folks on a team or if they're trying to hire. Mm -hmm. I'll work with them on how to pick the right person for the right position, right, or for the right role. And so when a lot of times, if you think about the, the standard like experience, people see a job posting, they apply for a job, they get interviewed. You don't take assessments and you don't take things until you get into the role, mm -hmm. right? But I believe that fit is the most important thing because I can teach you the skills that you need to be successful. I can send you to personal development to learn these things or develop ability and competency. I can't teach you how to fit into this culture. I can't teach you how to have human skills that you just, those are innate things that you just have, right? And culture is the most important facet of growing any business family team. What core values do we have? What beliefs do we have? What environment, what type of energy do we have, right? And most people manufacture weakness because they hire themselves. Oh, I like you. Mm. Oh, you're just like me. Yeah, Dang. and you hire somebody, you hire somebody, and you duplicated the weakness now. Right. As opposed to hiring somebody who's different mm. that can complement you. So in what way, so in what ways could you, like, is there a situation, I'll just tell you for myself. Right. I imagine that, <laughs> <laughs> that, if I want another uh, DP or cinematographer, right. I'm looking for someone that's like me to be that person, to do, to, to, to do the shooting, to like do the operational part of what I do. Right. I feel like I need to find another person like that. Is, do you agree with that or do you think so? Or if you plan on operating in the business, I wouldn't do that. Okay. If you plan on removing yourself, mm -hmm. you can duplicate yourself. Replace yourself with Yeah, if yourself. you want to replace yourself, that's fine. Okay. But if you're still planning on shooting and you make somebody else, you hire somebody else that's like you, yeah. it's like for what? If anything, you want to hire somebody who's the opposite because they bring different things to the table. Mm. So for me, like I know I'm very introverted and reserved. Mm -hmm. I'm a low eye. So I surround myself with people who are high eyes because they're going to bring energy. They're going to be smiling. I don't, I've been told I don't necessarily look approachable because I'm usually just like, you know, to myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. somebody who's going to greet you with a smile. So sometimes it's, it's situational. You wouldn't hire a high D for customer service <laughs> because they're going to offend people most right. of the time because the high D cares about reaching the numbers. Right. I, I cares about making sure people feel good. And that's a big part of customer service. Now, if it's a sales rep, you want the sales rep to hit their quota. They need to be a high D most of the time. Okay. Right? So, and there's no right or wrong. What I usually tell people is, what type of person do you want? Because remember, again, fit. What type of person are you looking for? We can hire a cinematographer that's a high D. We can hire one that's a high I, one that's a high S, and one that's a high C. They're all going to do the job, but they're going to do it in different ways. Right. They're going to do it in different ways. Mm. So do you want somebody who's going to capture all of the shots on a checklist? Yes. But now things are out of, you know, the, the, the balance is off, it's too much white, like stuff oh, no. is off, right? 
-hmm. That's a high D. Like they're gonna get you, they're gonna check all the boxes, mm. but it might not be exactly the way you want it. Gotcha. A high I is gonna be talking to the person too much <laughs> and may forget, right? Because yeah. the person's gonna give them a raving review right. because the relationship is there, but you're gonna get it back and be like, you missed this shot and this shot and this shot. And it was like, yeah, well, you know, I was talking to the high S is gonna take a lot of time to do it. They may not move at the pace you need them to. They're gonna make sure it gets done, but it's gonna take them more time. And the high C is going to not only get it done, they're gonna get it done right. Mm -hmm. Very meticulous, they're paying attention to every detail, yeah. right? But what they may not pay attention to is the relational aspect. Right. Having conversation with a person, like the vibe, what's the energy? You playing music, what's the ambiance? What's the right? Like so right. again, with every gift, there's a blind spot. Right. And when you know that, you know to get one person from every facet because it completes mm -hmm. the environment. It completes the team. So you wanna have a high D, but you wanna have them in the right spot. Mm -hmm. I always equate it to this. Making somebody fit in a culture that they don't fit into is like going to, like trying to go sit in a car and you're trying to squeeze in. Or, you know, like I'm from New York City, so getting on a train and it's packed and I'm trying to squeeze into a seat. Yeah. It's, un it's uncomfortable. Like I got a person here and here. I'm trying to like adjust myself to get in a seat. All right. It's different when you go home for Thanksgiving though. And everybody embraces you. Hey, how's it going? Da, 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 da. What do you need? Like what? Right. No, you, right? And there's a this family to support. Oh, we know him. He ain't gonna do that. Or don't let her cook that. She don't. Right. 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 The team is embracing you for who you are. The culture is inviting. Is warm, versus just fit into this peg. Mm. And so when you put a person in a role as opposed to making the role revolve around the person, you set them up for failure. You're gonna have to break that down, bro. I understand the concept that right. you just explained, but. So, so if, if I put you in a role, right? So let's say you are, if I put you as a sales rep, knowing you're a high C, right? You're going to struggle with hitting a quota because you're going to want to make sure every single call is perfect. You're going to want to study the script. You're going to want to do this and that. But now I need you. We're going to do math. I need you to make a thousand sales a month. In order to make a thousand sales, you got to make 10,000 calls a month. But you can't make 10,000 calls because you're trying to make the calls perfect. Right. You're going to struggle. But it's a volume thing in that case, and it's not a... It's not laser surgery. It's, a, it's math. But if I put a high D, the high D is like, okay, I'm calling. Nope. Okay, cool. Next. Nope. Cool. Next. Nope. Cool. Next. It reminds me of the movie Pursuit of Happiness. Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Right. So you remember when he had to compete on a stock floor. Yeah. You remember when he said, I realized I gained a half a second just by clicking the button and not hanging the phone up. You remember that scene? Yep. He gained an advantage by just learning that little adaption. Yeah. He was operating as a high D. If he was trying to follow the sales script, he would have never got that because he would have mm. lost out on the time to execute. That is, go ahead, go ahead. Now, if I'm a surgeon, well, I need you to be a high C because I need you to be super exact, super precise. A high D, no. Because, yeah, you did the surgery, but you stitched me up wrong. I got a bad scar. Or you went in and you fixed this, but you hurt something else. Right? Like, mm -hmm. right? So fit is very, very important. The way you do something matters more. It uh, matters just as much, if not more, than what you're doing. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. While you were explaining that, I was thinking about how when I first started doing events and stuff, mm -hmm. 
and I started making these recap videos. Right. And like, I learned film on YouTube. Right. And if you go on YouTube and you look at videos, it's the most beautiful stuff you ever saw. Like, it's dope, it's awesome. Well, that's all it is. And so, when I first started making videos for companies, I would make sure that I like, like got everything perfect, aesthetically, mm -hmm. visually perfect. And that word perfect was something that um, I learned to shift my mindset around because when I first was asked to do a same day recap video, I was like, it's not going to be my best work. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's not going to be my best work because you making a video as the event is going on, you're not getting the best clips. You're not getting the best audio. You're not getting the best of a lot of stuff. You got a lot. And then you're not, a I'm not able to go through the methodical process that I, that I go through when I'm making a video or whatever. So the first video I made was in Miami for mm -hmm. a conference. Um, I wasn't happy with it. Everybody else went nuts about it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I wanted it to be perfect for me. But that was, but it was perfect for them. Right. And that's when I had to like, think about it. Like, I need to get to know who I'm serving and what what's perfect to them right right and then do it and then do that it's the same thing when you're communicating right if i speak to you in my language we don't connect because you don't speak my language mm -hmm. but if i speak to you in your language you go oh he gets me right mm -hmm. and if we have two people speaking in each other's language now we have the best right yeah we should always be attuning ourselves to the needs of the person that we're serving or the person that we're communicating to. So I know, see, I'm a high D. So I know I'm communicating with you who's a high C. I have to speak slower. I have to unpack. I have to explain. Mm. Right? Everything changes. But if I'm speaking to somebody else who's a high D, I'm not going into all those details. Oh, Get we can. Point. We write to the point. We Get to the point. Right? Gotcha. I know if I'm speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. to somebody who's a high eye, I need to be smiling. My, my body language needs to be inviting. I need to, my eyes need to be more Dang. open, right? Yeah, and so yeah. you do that. And again, that was, that was a powerful insight for you because you realized that it wasn't about you. It was about the client that you were serving. Yeah. It's the same thing with relationships. This is not about me. How do I make connection with this other person? How do I make this other person feel safe? When you make a person feel safe, they feel understood. When you make a person feel safe, there's nothing they won't do for you. Nothing. That's powerful. Nine times out of 10, you want things to be perfect because somebody made you feel like what you was doing wasn't good enough. Yeah. And you said never again. But imagine if somebody said, hey, that's, that's just what you do. Somebody was projecting their stuff on you and made you feel a way and you changed your whole self. Mm. You redesigned a new self based on what that person said. Mm. Nine times out of 10, that's what happens to us. Mm. So my question about that would be, it seems like what our our disc is heavily influenced by our experience as a child. Is that accurate? Yeah, the way it, it informs a lot of a person, a lot of our ways of thinking is established in those first seven years of life. And then every year, every, you know, sort of year, as we grow and develop, it becomes much harder to change that programming that initial baseline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's no different than the cameras that you used to shoot. 
the base camera is what it is. You can, you can add lenses and add filters and add little things and trinkets to it, but you can't change the base or the body. Right. You, sometimes you need a whole new camera to get a different look. Mm. Right? So some of it is our natural makeup. We were just wired a certain way. But a lot of the way that that is deployed is based on our lived experience. Words without context don't mean anything. Experiences without context don't make, doesn't mean anything. Right, right. So when you marry those two things, it make, you can understand a whole lot about a person. Right? So if, if I gave you the perspective of, okay, perfectionism doesn't exist, but a spirit of excellence is. Mm. You, can, you can always embody a spirit of excellence you'll never be successful at perfection because it doesn't exist. Right, right. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've been doing like some brain work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I call it brain work, um, adjusting, just adjusting my expectations about what, because at, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. I, I don't believe that perfection exists. I believe that there's, I believe that there's like a complete, like a completion, a complete way to mm -hmm. do something. And I'm thankful that like when I'm making a video, I'm, okay, I'm, a, I'm able to say, okay, this is good. And at the same time, go through that video and pick out parts that could be better. But what I tell myself is, like given the context of the, the use of this video, mm -hmm. is it is it good? Like, is it does it work? And that's really helped me a lot um, because I used to spend a lot of time trying to make videos that we talked about, like planning content, right? Yep, and it's impossible like making content without starting with a goal yep. and like structuring how it's supposed to look there's millions of possibilities like if you just pull up start recording and then want to put something together and a perfectionist will attempt to explore all of those possibilities <laughs> <laughs> on the front end though yeah yeah i mean i mean i mean if if you give a perfectionist a bunch of footage and you say i need you to make me a documentary out of this that is a rabbit hole out of this world yeah because there's no it's like taking the content and building a script after the fact right and so I've had to adjust how I roll in that respect because perfect for a bunch of content that just got thrown in my lap versus perfect when I am planning it, those are two, two different, different things. things. So perfect has to be adjustable. It isn't fixed. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an adaptable thing. Exactly. And that's why context is important. What is perfect for this situation? Yes, yes, that's, that's a bar. What, what fits bar. this? Perfect for me and perfect for you are two different things. Perfect for me looks like getting it done. I don't care how I got it done. I don't care what <laughs> it looks like. I don't care how people feel about how it, right? Right, right, right. I'm wired to get stuff done. Yeah. Perfect for you is not just getting it done, but it's getting it done right. Right. The first time. Yep. <laughs> Right. So I'm yeah, somebody's going to show me, you know, somebody's going to show me their website. And I'm be like, you know, somebody may show me, yo, I got this video I just shot. Yo, I'm like, yo, you executed, bro. That's dope. The video's dope, whatever. And you like, mm, the white balance is off. Uh, he's yeah. not centered in the video. Um, there's a delay in the audio a little bit. I'm like, my man got the video out. I don't, what are we talking about? Yeah. It looks different. And. Again, like we were talking about before with perspective, that's the beauty of perspective. Yeah. That's the beauty of difference, right? It adds something new to the equation. It expands. I don't like, the, I don't like stepping out of your comfort zone 
you can expand your comfort zone. You can expand your worldview, your perspective. Mm, that's, yeah. It doesn't change your preference, but it adds more to you. I understand. I re that really resonates with me because I had a conversation with the, with the lady and I told her that I like, I actually like receiving feedback on so like I made I made that recap I made a different recap video for Dave and he was like bro uh, I just really want you to like take your time like pull out all the and I think Dave's a high C Dave is a high I and a high C yeah so he has a unicorn profile like mine yeah just in the opposite way and I appreciate that so much about him because he does he notices details that other clients don't. But bingo. But it's no surprise that he's successful at what he does. People and attention to detail. He's perfect at asking questions. Mm. He's genuinely interested in people. <laughs> yeah. And he has the precision of a high C. So he's asking questions and it's calculated and it's, hmm, I'm, I'm really curious. I want to know. Like, how do you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you see how the success is there. Yeah. You make beautiful videos, imagery, you, beautiful stories because you are so thorough, so precise. You care about every piece, every bit of, of equipment, of like everything, posture, uh, cadence, flow. Like you pay attention to all of that. The end product is going to be pristine. Where you're gonna struggle is if I said, I need it tomorrow. You go, oh, okay, well how do I, right? Urgency is where you're gonna to start to go, I don't yeah. like that. And that's where it just kinda like, it's, it helps me to think about what's perfect for the given situation. Right. Because now I know, okay, you need it in a day, this is what perfect. I have to understand what perfect looks like. And you understand by asking questions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Here's, what, here's, here's what's the key, right? So I learned how to play chess by learning how to move the pieces and then developing strategy and the game got more sophisticated. When I teach people chess, the first thing I teach them is what checkmate looks like. I teach people the very first thing, what does checkmate look like? That I want to teach you what success looks like first. Mm. Because if I don't show you how to win, when you start playing the game, you'll just be moving pieces all over the place. Right, right, right. But if I teach you what winning looks like, now when you move the pieces, you're moving the pieces to try to create this Man. scenario. Yeah. Dang, that's smart, bro. Right? So with anything... <laughs> The high DM is like, okay, what do we need to do? What are we doing? What are we trying to achieve here? Okay, uh -huh. that's what you want? Boom, let's go. Yeah. I may not ask him any questions, you know what I mean? Like, right. And that's why I'll miss the details sometimes, but that's the strength of mine. And I think that makes you more creative. So one thing that I noticed about myself, I... I I receive that I'm a creative, but it's not really creativity to me. It feels like a science. Exactly. So I can it's, see, yeah. I can look and I can recreate anything. All I need is like inspiration. But because I operate the way that I do, I'm less flexible in terms of um, improvising, unless I've seen it before or unless Ooh. I make a mistake and I stumble upon like a way to do it. But like we were talking about lighting and building sets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I can build any set anywhere, but it's because it's not because I'm creative to me. It's because I understand how stuff has to be to achieve whatever look in any environment. Mm. It has to be a particular way. Yes. High C's are like the anchor of reality for everybody else. Mm. When people get too high or too away from reality, the C's act mm. as anchors to make them to make people more practical. Mm. 
can sometimes be confused with pessimism. <laughs> it can be. They're like, man, you and I bet you the people that say that are high. They're definitely high eyes. Probably. They're definitely Probably. high eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Bro, such a good conversation, man. Man, I appreciate it. It's definitely been fruitful. Bro, thank you, man. Thank you. Nah, thank you for inviting me uh, to your space again. And conversations like this always mean a lot because you're able to sort of connect and learn things and navigate mental space, right? Yeah. Sometimes heart space. But like, you walk away from these conversations with soul food. Facts. Something that really sticks with you. Facts, facts, bro. Well, thank you, man. Thank you again, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> anything, anything you want to leave for the audience? I don't have like a, like a, um, everybody has their thing that they do on um, podcasts, but you know, having a podcast with no name, we're going to keep it imperfect, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, if you want to leave the audience with anything, man, anything encouraging. Um, you yeah, my, my thing is, is very simple. It's just choose yourself. Choose yourself. You will always fail at being who you're supposed to be. And the only way that you win, the one way you can ensure that you never fail is to be exactly who you are. So... I mean, like, if anybody is watching this, like, the best thing you can do for yourself is to choose yourself and stay true to yourself early, often, and continuously. And do so even when it's not convenient. That's all, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right, family. We're out. We just had this crazy conversation. <laughs> we're out of here. As always, I love y'all. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.